0: If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make online wagers, head over to betonline.ag. You're online sportsbook experts. He's the star of the show. Gambling one was awesome, by the way. Last week, Steve, check him out on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. His name is Steve Fezzik. He's the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Westgate Super Contest. Steve, I want to dive into, you know, some of the NBA movement this time of year. Some of the early, you know, mo- money on the NFL win totals. The Lakers odds as well. lot to get to with you. After I make sure everyone knows that you can go to ButcherBox.com, use the code Tucker, and get $20 off awesome chicken and salmon and all kinds of meats, pork, beef, and get free bacon. And if you send me your sponsor confirmation, Ross at rostucker.com. I'll get you a signed picture or signed football card or signed press pass, whatever you want. I'll get it for you. Pretty awesome. Um, Anyway, butcherbox.com. Use that code Tucker. Steve, before we get into the NFL stuff, there's so much going on with the NBA right now. I, I just have to wonder what NBA odds are up right now, like for next year's champion next year's win totals whatever they do for the nba considering all these rumors of where Kawhi and kyrie and all these guys are going to go i i can't imagine that they have very high limits or that they really even know what to do until the dust settles so to speak
1: yeah so what sports books do ross is most of them don't put up season win numbers because that would be very exploitable although there is one book in New Jersey points bet that has posted season win numbers. Um but what the books do is they post odds to win the championship next year and basically what they do is they have a best scenario case for most teams where they post an odds that almost assume that that team has a dream um off season an example would be if you look at the Clippers. Ross, take a guess at what you think the Clippers are to win the championship next year.
0: Ooh, are we talking like, you know, plus minus? or Are we talking about odds?
1: Odds are they are they ten to one, twenty to one, forty to one? Um, would you,
0: would you... you know what's funny? I, I don't ever look at the NBA. So I'm going to judge it by based on what the NFL teams are. So I'll say. I'll say 10 to one.
1: Yeah. So there's seven to one. So basically what the sports book, those dastardly sports books are saying is that they're going to put a number up on the Clippers. That almost assumes that Kawhi is going to go to the Clippers, even though, I mean, he's got a, a decent chance to go there, but they don't want to get caught with their pants down that someone finds out that that's going to happen and offer up something like Clippers 12 to one. So they're just going to put a number up. That is, you know, ultra conservative, and we saw that with the Lakers. That even before Anthony Davis went to the Lakers, the odds had dropped to six to one on the Lakers. So the books were being super conservative already. And now that he has gone to the Lakers, those odds actually are currently four to one, which in my opinion is just ludicrous for it to be that low. Um, you've got a Lakers team that was below five hundred, and now all of a sudden they're the favorite. Ross, they're the favorite to win the NBA championship next year.
0: Well, so talk to me about that. Like, do they really think that the, that the Lakers are the favorite or is that just based on what they think people will bet or that they think that the Lakers are going another max guy? I guess I always wonder how much of the odds are what they really think the true odds should be versus sort of playing to the public and knowing that a lot of the public might want to get down on the Lakers,
1: yeah, it's a great point because they are absolutely looking to balance their books more so than actually believing that the Lakers are indeed the favorite. So um, I I think that um, there's a lot to that. However, I will say this: there's a book, uh, new book, circa sports book downtown Las Vegas, and they let let you bet yes and no. And the yes is plus 325 on the Lakers. The no Ross is minus 425. So you can bet that the Lakers don't win the championship. Frankly, I think that that's a good bet.
0: Yeah, that seems like a better way to go about it. So it's just a really interesting time. I mean, it really is when you get to this point and we're, you know, I guess 12 days away from anything really being able to happen. It's funny, too, because I have to imagine the draft, which is, you know, tomorrow night, has really no impact on these odds.
1: It really doesn't. The only impact that it could have is last-minute trades. Obviously, if teams are going to go ahead and trade away a top pick for maybe future picks, that could impact things. Um, But, um it's better to have a bird in the hand to have a, um, a a veteran player also in terms of a trade versus having like the number two or three pick in the draft. So we'll see what transpires.
0: Right. So, all right. Any other, is, are there any good NBA draft bets that you would recommend anybody look into? You know,
1: I apologize. I will, I will explain the process that I think will be successful and profitable, but I have not done my work. I'm going to do it. Actually, late tonight here but um, one thing that has always worked in the nfl draft and the nba draft and this is fairly recent phenomenon as far as betting on the draft it didn't used to be allowed in vegas is that i would look at all the recent mock drafts that are coming out and look at players that are rising and players that are falling so they go ahead and put up odds for um you know which one of the gonzaga players is going to get selected first Um, you know, where is a certain guy going to go? Is he going to go top 10 and the like? Will ball, ball go in the top 15? And that's a very dangerous prop to put up as a sports book, because what happens is that when word gets out that a player is rising or falling, then obviously if you can play him over or under um, based upon that sentiment, you can have a really, really solid wager. So like I said, I would follow the mock drafts that are being released on Wednesday here Um, the latest ones and if you see a player that suddenly everyone is bullish or bearish on that could make a big difference in terms of where a player will go
0: yeah I remember you saying that Andrew um, for the Andrew. I remember you saying that Steve for Andrew Brandt by the way on today's Ross Tucker football podcast if you'd like to listen Um, I remember you saying that Steve about the NFL draft and it was dave mason who came on from betonline.ag and said they basically lose on the nfl draft every year because of that dynamic that you just put out there so it would stand in reason that the nba draft would have the same dynamic right
1: absolutely and like you know a good example would be oh you know new orleans is sitting on the number 4 pick right now so after after the big trade they um, Obviously, their needs are a lot different now that they've gotten all those Laker players. And that, and so there's a good chance that New Orleans may well go ahead and trade that pick away. So now who's going to go number four can change dramatically depending upon that information.
0: Right. All right. And by the way, the fact that just as an aside, Steve, the fact that Kawhi hasn't said yet with the media he's done and the parade and all that that he hasn't said yet that he's coming back to Toronto is all the indication I need that he's not. <laughs> I mean, I well, mean. Well, and, and,
1: and simple pronouns, when after they win the title, he says, you know, it's great that, um, that um, it, you were able to win a title, Toronto. It was my pleasure to come here and help you win a title instead of us. And we, that's uh, not a good sign.
0: No, not at all. What about, let's dive into some, anything else on the NBA, Steve, or should we move on to NFL?
1: I, I think that the Lakers was just a big enough story that um, I do want to say that as far as grading the trade, that I it's the rare case, Ross, where I'll give high marks to both teams. And how can that be? How can they both get an A for the trade? And I would make the case that it's not an even-sum game because now we have a situation where Anthony Davis is going to play harder and better for the Lakers than he would have for New Orleans. And certainly all these Laker castoffs knew they weren't wanted anyways for the Lakers. So you would expect that Ingram and Ball, et cetera, are in a better place in New Orleans. I will say this. I don't think I can ever remember a trade that extends out so far out to 2025 potentially this could be an absolute disaster for the Lakers if LeBron winds up you know retired or semi-retired or not on the Lakers anymore in 2024 the Lakers are horrendous and the Lakers have to give their number one pick to New Orleans um this has potential to really set the Lakers back huge um four or five years down the road
0: so um what were the odds again to bet against the Lakers to win it all
1: minus four twenty five Ross a risk four twenty five to win a hundred you come into Vegas before football season starts? That might be a wager you might want to make,
0: yeah, you know, I don't think I am, although I can't remember my wife was talking about a Vegas trip with somebody, so maybe um although we'd probably have that that locked in by by this point. Let's get to some n f l stuff Steve, and um, you know. Everybody's got their season win totals out now by this point. You know, the haze in the barn, so to speak, with the off-season programs, mini camps, and OTAs. Actually, kind of good news, Steve, just in the sense that there weren't that many serious injuries. I mean, there's stuff out there about Gurley's arthritic knee and Sony Michelle's arthritic knee. But, um, you know, there weren't like a lot of major Achilles tears or Stuff like that, ACL tears this spring to to really have an impact on the teams. But what has been, you know, the trend so far in the early money for the NFL season win totals, and what does it mean?
1: Yeah, well, a couple teams I'll talk about. One the betters are high on. One the betters are bearish on. Um, Indianapolis Colts. A lot of money on the Colts. Their season win number has gone up to ten now. So they are kind of the pros darling to um, go ahead and step it up and become a contender. The feeling is that Andrew Luck really needed last year to um, to get back to um, being Andrew Luck, basically. And with the improvement of the defense, uh, betters really like the Indianapolis Colts. And a team that's falling is the Kansas City Chiefs. The feeling is um, concerns about the re- supposedly revamped defense that wasn't very good last year and changes in their, um, in their D is not going to improve it this year. Um, their season win number was 10.5. It has dropped to 10, and the feeling is that you know, without Tyreek Hill, probably to start the season, that the Chiefs, um, it's not so much being negative on Mahomes, but just the fact that um, with all that's going on with that team, that they're just not going to be nearly as good this year as last year.
0: How much of the team's schedules... Are built into the win total numbers just because, you know, like Warren Sharp, who's been on this show before, he was on today's fantasy feast podcast. And I thought it was interesting. He had said earlier this offseason when the schedules first came out that I think, I think it was like the Texans were one of the teams that had the, went from the easiest schedule last year to the hardest schedule this year.
1: Yeah, I think Warren nailed it, that the delta in the schedule, by delta the difference in how hard your schedule is last year versus this year is absolutely critical. It makes a lot of sense that if you're the Houston Texans and you win, what, they win nine games in a row, um, and a lot of it against cupcake opponents, and now all of a sudden you get a much more difficult schedule, that's going to impact you dramatically. And then, of course, there's dynamics in terms of – you know, are you being dealt a um, a very difficult um, even if your opponents aren't that that tough? Is your travel schedule very difficult? I hate going to London. I hate it when you have to go to London and play a quote unquote home game. So travel like that can really impact a team. I'll tell you one thing: no one is talking enough about the Raiders. Are absolutely set up to fail this year, in my opinion. And I don't like the Raiders anyways. I the, the chemistry's been all wrong um, since that strange game where his offensive line um, decided they wouldn't block for Carr back in 2017 when they were at Washington. Um, Carr hasn't been the same. He's got the heck beat out of him. Uh, Chucky obviously struggled last year to coach the team, and now the Raiders have to start the season with um, weeks two, three, four in preseason. They're on the road, Ross, all three games. They go to Canada. One of their home preseason games is going to be in Canada of all things. And then they only get one true home game in September and October. I think the wheels could absolutely come off here this last year in Oakland for the Raiders.
0: That's interesting. Now they got hard knocks too. What about um you know, what about like the news over the weekend, Steve, right? So like what about the latest with the Texans where Bill O'Brien gets rid of Of a second GM. He had gotten rid of Rick Smith. Now he gets rid of Brian Gain. They wanted Casario. They're not able to get Casario from New England. So now it sounds like, you know, we're in a situation where Bill O'Brien, the head coach, and Jack Easterby, who was the Patriots' culture coach, are now going to be co interim GMs. Is the discord or even the fact that O'Brien and Easterby are going to be co-interim GMs. Is that enough to make you take action and or affect the line at all? Because it's not only like the fact that they've got, you know, that they're kind of in disarray. It's that, you know, there will be some decisions to make that two inexperienced guys in that regard will be making throughout the season. Is that actionable in your mind?
1: It's one of those situations where, if you're thinking about betting the Texans against them already, that's just another reason to do so. So I don't know if it's enough single-handedly to go ahead and fade a team to go against them. But, you know, as you mentioned, um, the word is out um, on the Houston Texans schedule and being so difficult. And because of that, we were, frankly, we wanted to bet against the Texans anyways. So that just helps that, you know, the fact that you fire a GM in a second year of a five-year contract. Something is clearly amiss, and it's going to cause um, for a disruption in the team and, and a distraction, and any distractions are bad for a team. Let me ask you, Ross, do you ever remember a, a team that you are on that you just felt, gosh, there's just so much going on? We're talking more about internal dynamics than football.
0: I'm trying to think. There, there were definitely, I, well, I'll, I'll give an example, right? Like in Dallas in 2002, when Jerry Jones met with Bill Parcells, it was just so clear that the coach was going to get fired that those last two or three, I can't remember if it was three games, two or three games, we were awful, we were. It was like season was over as soon as you knew that that was the case. And really, even in 2001, we didn't play as well at the end when there was rumors about Marty Schottenheimer. 2003, when Greg Williams was on the hot seat. Now, most of these are examples of late in the season with a coach on the hot seat. So I think that's a little bit different than what you're talking about, but it does speak to when things are in disarray or when there's uncertainty, it's not good.
1: And, you know, this is fascinating. I love talking because you've got all this experience. When you do have a coach on the hot seat late in the year and it's basically hopeless, was, did the coach check out or did he just become absolutely just um, – would he be on a tirade trying to turn it around?
0: Uh, both. Both. Either You know, I've seen both. I've seen coaches that doing everything they can to turn around. Other ones, it was like night of the walking dead. You know what I mean? Like they knew it was done. I want to ask you, too. I wrote this in my column this week at The Athletic, Steve, about the Jaguars. All of the issues the Jaguars had last last year, the discipline issues, which is like bizarre with you know, Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin. Now even over the weekend, Telvin Smith, who says he's not playing this year but hasn't talked to the team, you know, he's getting fined, and then you've got Jalen Ramsey and Fournette putting this video out about how Ramsey's not taking the discount. I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like the culture has changed, or like the organization's more buttoned up after last year after they were poor. Is that something that you would take note of?
1: I take note of it, but you know, I think that sometimes one factor on a team trumps everything else. And that factor was Blake Bortles and the I rarely would say that this would be the case, but I really think that Blake Bortles played horrible for the Jacksonville defense last year. I think that that D was so disgusted and had no confidence in their quarterback play and their offense to to such a degree that they basically checked out. And they basically said, you know, we can't win with this guy, and they want to put it in the backup who's even worse than Bortles for five games because they had so given up on him. And I think that we are, even with the distractions you mentioned, I can't help but go back to two years ago when Jacksonville was a monster favorite when they're up 10 late in the second half against New England, to make the Super Bowl that um, Jacksonville is going to be a team that's probably going to be able to win nine games this year.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Lastly, on this portion of it, the whole thing where Nick Casario apparently wants to leave New England, but they're not letting him um, because he's under contract or has this contract term – You know, I feel like with other teams, this would be wow. They got a GM there who doesn't want to be there, and that's really bad. And blah blah blah. But it seems like, I mean, last year there was all this stuff with Gronkowski and Brady and Belichick. I mean, are they the one team that you don't even like take this stuff into consideration? Like it's not even a blip on the radar screen.
1: It's no concern for the marketplace, which basically took New England's season win number of ten and a half and they've done nothing but bet the Patriots up, up, up. Now, all those draft picks certainly isn't hurting New England's uh, stock, nor is the fact that they've got such an easy schedule in the NFL. Currently, Ross, New England's back up to 11 for their season wins. The over is minus 150, so the bettors, they they once again are looking at that AFC East laughing out loud and betting on New England to uh, have another 12-win season.
0: Well, speaking of betting, Steve, we've got some people that have questions. So I want to get to a, a question, maybe even two. Reminder, you can always ask Steve any question you have about betting, sports gambling, whatever, simply by taking advantage of any of our sponsors like ButcherBox, BetOnline.ag, or any of the ones you see on the sponsor page over at RossTucker.com, and then send me the email. When you do that, I am able to go ahead and ask Steve the question. So Carl Martin had one for you, Steve, and he said, do you have a, a, a historical perspective on season win totals with regards to first year or new head coaches? So is it built into the marketplace, or is there something that the Sharps know about first-year coaches over time that they usually disappoint, they usually surprise, um, fade them, take them? What do you got?
1: A lot of it depends upon the situation that they're coming into, Ross. So if you've got a situation where the team was disgusted with the the lame duck coach that exited, that's oftentimes a – locker room situation where the team's going to be excited and we're going to bet on the team Um, as opposed to if you have a situation where you just had a really uh, a team that had a capable competent coach but they just weren't any good and then they try a first-year head coach that's unproven they're probably going to be lousy again so the question really is is it a lack of talent that caused the last coach to get fired or was it that the just the wheels had come off and he'd worn out his welcome, and that's a, a big difference between the two? I, I you know I think about like oh I look at the Bears for instance with you know John Fox, it just seemed like it was time for him to go, and that the Bears once you know once he had left that the Bears were going to get better.
0: Um, got it. Yeah, I I can see that with John Fox for sure. So there's no like stock answer. It's just all based on, you know, that personal situation.
1: Yeah. And but I think in general, if I had to choose, if you told me all you're going to tell me is there is an unproven head coach, um, do I first year, do I want to fade him or do I want to back him all things being equal? I usually would want to go ahead and fade him, you know, especially if he was part of, um, uh, if he was a defensive coordinator, more than an offensive coordinator, I'm biased more towards the offense. And he was, um, I guess a lot of times people say, oh, if you're under the tutelage of a really good coach, you know, you should be a really good head coach. So, you know, think about the new England tree and everything. I'm not so sure that's the case because I think if you've got a really good head coach, oftentimes that makes you look better necessarily than you really are as a, um, offensive or defensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, I also wonder, I guess, Steve, as a follow up, is how much of it has to do with your faith? And I mean, since they're all first time head coaches, how much of it has to do with like your faith, your expectation for, you know, hey, I really think this guy is going to be good, uh, maybe Vic Fangio, versus I have no idea what this guy is going to be? Like, do you, is it even possible to evaluate a first time head coach? before they're actually a first time head coach.
1: I think it's it's very, very difficult because, you know, one problem that first year head coaches oftentimes have is that they're just too conservative. They're they kind of, you know, they say, Oh, I'm gonna call the plays by the book, but you don't want a coach that calls the plays by the book. You want a Peterson in and, and, and for the Eagles that goes ahead and goes for it fourth and six from his opponent's forty three because it's the right thing to do. So how do I know How what a coach is going to do. Every coach says he's going to be aggressive, and then he winds up punting all the time. So I need to actually see it until I really know what he's going to actually um, call during an actual game.
0: All right, so now you just listen to my guy, Steve, spew knowledge, drop knowledge, spew wisdom, whatever you want to say. Now you need to take action, right? It's like, okay, I listened. Now take that information you just learned, and take action. The place we recommend is betonline.ag. You simply use the promo code PODCAST1. And when you do, you get a 50% welcome bonus, which is glorious. He just told you about the early money on the NFL win lines. He told you about the Lakers and the NBA. Go take action. Betonline.ag using that promo code podcast one it's a good one and good luck everybody hope you guys went some money oh by the way check out fantasy feast today oh my gosh fantasy feast today was amazing highly encouraged if you like even money you'll love today's fantasy feast i think we're done here Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.